Welcome to the International Civil Society Center's Futures and Innovation Podcast. My name is Nyamburambogwa. I'm a communications consultant based in Nairobi and passionate about knowledge sharing and information accessibility. The Center's annual innovation report brings into focus innovations that can benefit international civil society organizations and also shows in turn how these organizations are benefiting society in challenging or complex contemporary contexts. This podcast episode forms part of the 2022 edition on civil society innovation and digital power shift, highlighting promising innovations by civil society organizations in delivering solutions for digital inclusion. In each of these podcast case stories, we really want to lift the lid on these innovations and hear directly from the people at the heart of designing and delivering them. Today, I'm joined by the team from Plan International, Jessica Herrera, the Equality Tech Global Project Coordinator, and Lirisha Tulada, the Campaign Administrator at Plan International Nepal, who is also a project participant. To begin with, please do tell us who is your organization and what do you do? So Plan International is a development and humanitarian organization that advances children's rights and equality for girls across 75 countries in Asia Pacific, the Americas, Africa, and Europe. We strive for a just world, working together with children, young people, our supporters, and partners working with children, young people, and communities to tackle the root causes of discrimination against girls, exclusion, and vulnerability. And Mm -hmm. we support children's rights from birth until they reach adulthood. Excellent. Thank you. And so what is the big idea around the Equality Tech Project? Why does this program matter? We think it's very important because... Currently, technology is being designed by a small demographic of the globe, and we believe girls need to be engaged as creators of technology and their experiences reflected in all stages, from design development to application. Girls must be involved in creating technology so that their experiences are reflected in the creation of these products, feed in their own biases, their own affirmations, their own perspectives, so that products no longer discriminate, marginalize, and, you know, reinforce harmful stereotypes against women and girls. So part of the digital empowerment of girls influencing an agenda and plan, we started working with this concept of equality tech designed with the objectives of not only raising awareness about the issues that, you know, technology is reinforcing in society, but also educating the next generation of technology creators and focusing, especially with girls and young women, on how Mm. they could understand the issue of bias in technology, but also be inspired, having the, the necessary tools for them to conduct workshops themselves to raise awareness, but also Mm. for them to be interested in advocating and pursuing more careers in STEM specifically. So with Equality Tech, it evolved from starting as a concept to becoming a girl-centered methodology, addressing the bias in in technology by engaging Mm. girls around the world throughout our workshops. 
that's a very important point to make that women have to be included and girls have to be included in the design to even be able to imagine their own futures and being able to pursue our career in tech. You touched upon this a little bit, but could you expand on what drivers were you responding to and how did their idea originate to start this project? So specifically, like our, our drivers were in focusing on like the women and girls continue to face gender-based barriers that prevent them from accessing and utilizing technology and digital tools at the same level as, as boys and men. So it's not only that the digital gender gap still exists but in some instances you know it's it's grown wider in in recent years so looking at specifically you know having a a methodology that is girl-centered and girl-led we were looking at the impacts of digital exclusion digital literacy and all the barriers that girls face in access to mobile phones and an internet, Mm. for example. So it was looking at what are the barriers and what are the limitations and what are the discrimination that girls and young women face when it comes to technology and being able to create a methodology that is not just girl-centered, but also girl-led that would reflect girls' perspectives, but from Mm. a lens that it's experimental with continuous learning that the content it's largely driven by the girls and their interests so it would not just be coming from the awareness raising but also from something that they could apply to their daily lives amazing and this actually leads me to my next question of how you have intervened in the power system dynamics that you found around girls and technology in the various countries that you've launched this project in so i can highlight a few things in terms of the the power dynamics i think the first one is you know through the tools that we've created and as i mentioned mm-hmm. in, the, in the previous questions having this girl center methodology it's part of the, the core where we believe we're intervening with the power dynamics because it's not just us engaging girls in one stage. We really want to be giving girls the platform to, to learn, but also to thrive in society and be able to, to realize how important is the role, but also being able to open that pathway for them and to link them directly, for example, with tech sector partners to be able to mm. share their perspectives and for those to be reflected in the, the final products. Yeah. Not just coming from the equipping them with the set of digital skills that they need, but also going to the other side where it comes to the, the policy side, which is just as important. So we've been working in the advocacy towards generation equality. So that's mm. a UN women-led campaign you know, that mobilizes governments, private sector, civil societies to accelerate gender equality. And specifically when it comes to, to this topic, we undertook consultations with 350 girls across oh, wow. 12 countries. 350 girls in 12 countries is quite something. And they mm. were sharing their aspirations for working in non-traditional fields, including STEM. And just to clarify for our listeners, STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And they were actually, you know, calling for greater support for girls to pursue careers in STEM. And they Mm. also highlighted the stereotypes and barriers that they face in engaging technology and how 
this prevents a lot of them to, to pursue these, these fields. So based on these, in partnership with Samsung Electronics Nordic, we made a commitment to the generation equality movement to advocate for the creation of technology that challenges yeah. harmful norms and, and stereotypes by including girls as creators and innovators of technology themselves. And from these interventions and the way that the project has unfolded, how has design equity been factored in? I think that when it comes to design equity or specifically digital equity, we've been having this at the center of the design of all the activities that we do with the promotion of girls' digital empowerment by engaging them, not just as you know users or recipients, but changing the dialogue in working with them as active and capable partners, you know, as co-designers of, of these projects and being able to design equality tech in a way that we are working with a wide diversity of girls throughout mm. the world. Some are our youth partners, some are participants of plant projects and being able to, to reflect their perspectives, their aspirations, their inequities, the discrimination that they're facing and specifically centering all of these in, in technology, we feel that at the core of the project, we are centering everything with digital equity, or at least that's the aim that we're having with this project. Fantastic. And can you give us an example of maybe one of the times something has come from a workshop or from the girls themselves who are participating that has changed a piece of technology or an approach to technology? Yes, definitely. So actually the, the project has been evolving because of the, the perspective coming from the girls. Initially, we started looking at equality tech workshops from the awareness raising part, mm. you know, talking about the bias in technology and what are the issues that they're facing. And then lastly, we would go for like a really quick ideation process. But because right. of the, all the perspectives and actually the girls themselves asking to make the workshop more practical that they could apply when going back. You know, they had all these questions and they wanted a more active role. Mm -hmm. We started changing the, the methodology and yes, it's still including the awareness raising, but including a more practical methodology where they would have the decision-making in the process. So it would yeah. not just be talking about issues and ideas, but also how can we make this happen? And because of these, we started developing prototypes coming from right. the issues that the girls themselves were creating. So for example, one of the issues that was raised the most in the initial workshops was how beauty filters were affecting how active they were in social media. And because of this oh, wow. issue constantly being raised, we co-created a beauty filter with them with the idea that you cannot just shut down beauty filters because filters are here to stay, but how about we change the dialogue and we make a filter more empowering? So the filter highlights their personality instead of the physical appearances. It does okay. not edit how they look. And it was all you know, coming from the initial idea of the girls. They validated how relevant it was. So these yeah. were things that we were changing along the way by listening to what the girls thought it was most relevant. And that's such an important part of how we were talking about design equity being factored, just the active listening to the participants. 
And so Larisha is also on call and as a participant of Equality Tech, would you mind telling us about what the impact and the influence of this project has been? Thank you so much. So uh, while I would like to share that I have, I think, experienced about three stages of this equality tech. The first one was being a participant when I was just invited and I was selected, I'd say, for being a part of the equality workshop, equality tech workshop that was initiated by, I think, Jessica herself. And then being a participant, I got to learn about a new topic. I was really excited when I first became selected for this workshop and then during that time I had no idea about what was going to be delivered equality tech the word itself was new to us and not just me but all the other participants were selected where also we were having the same discussion about what might be shared we just got the realization that the technology can also be biased was something new for us and we never reflected from that aspect and that was very new while I was being a participant and it ignited that kind of curiosity as well as a kind of determination that okay so this is something new that we really need to spread for our other girls as well and they should know as well not only just the girls but we should also in terms of gender equality, tell the boys as well as the other people as well of all the genders that, um, okay, the technology is biased and there should, from there also uh, somewhere, uh, all these gender inequality and discrimination are happening and we should stop this. So for keeping that in mind, after being a participant, our Plan International Nepal, the campaign specialist also approached me by saying that if you have already taken the uh, workshop, then why not facilitate these to another other a group of people as well uh, some of your friends and then we have this group called Girls Out Loud Nepal a Facebook group where there is exclusively just the girls and I was also I still am an active member of that Girls Out Loud group what happens in Nepal is they mostly are understanding they only understand mostly in Nepali language so me as well as one more participant we paired up and then we took the workshop again to the Nepali girls by contextualizing this the same content in Nepali mm -hmm. and giving relevant examples in our Nepal's context so that we can make them understand about the bias that is happening in technology and after yeah. that now today I am as working as a campaign administrator in the plan and also I'm handling the same group and there also I occasionally like we have monthly schedule of what we are going to discuss every month and if I have to share about the impacts of uh, what we have been doing so so yeah. many of the girls also they mirrored our same reflection like they say that oh yes technology is also biased we never thought from that aspect and they were giving us a very innovative suggestions of how technology should be designed and they were more inspired to be in this sector as well so i think this equality take has uh, also been a momentum for the girls to rise up and realize the importance of how girls should come in and design something in the technology as well Furthermore, I'm now working as a campaign administrator, we have the campaigns called Girls Get Equal. And under that campaign, we have opened a youth hub where it is exclusively hub of a six, seven organization that is purely youth led. And we have been accepting their proposals and the programs for the young people who are associated with our working districts. And they have also been designing and we encourage them to bring the programs that have digital content 
confidence in them. So they are also designing and we are implementing these programs, which are like digital activism for the girls and giving mobile journalism trainings, giving information about misinformation, disinformation and hate speech. We have conducted a master's of master's training for the different girls in rural areas. Are there other ways that the project is contributing to women's empowerment? To encourage more women <laughs> girls in this, we have been giving training for filmmaking for just the women. We give them training about oh, wow. how they can make short films as well. And in that also, one of the films, it was featured for how they were on safe online and they faced the online harassment. And that film was also made. We also align with the free to be online campaign by Plan International. And under that mm. also, during the International Day of Girls, we organized Girls Takeover event in the local areas of our rural communities where the girls were made themselves to take over a very important position like the head or the president of an organization or something like that. And in that, in 2021, they demanded about how online safety and digital inclusiveness is important for the girls in that area and that was a very huge success uh, in terms of Nepal's so one of the project from plan and we promote, yeah and then we are promoting digital empowerment as well by giving uh, offline going there and providing offline trainings to because they are in the rural areas we have to go there and then give them first the uh, training about this, all this, and then they will access safely. That is our determination and that is our expectation as well. For 2022, on 20th April, we are having Girls in ICT Day and we have also made a series of videos from PLAN that highlights about the importance of technology. We have gone interviewed each department in our PLAN, which is working somewhere in the sector of bringing girls in ICT. And then they have also shared about the works, challenges, progress, and different their way forwards for this. And we are going to share very soon from our social media as well. And from Youth mm. Hub also, we are making series of animated videos that features about girls in ICT. So these are some of our very influences that we are having. And, and me, myself, I'm very much more determined and motivated to spread more information about this equality tech and then uh, take this forward to a much systematic and even more bigger dimensions i'd say fantastic thank you larisha that was so in-depth and your passion has definitely come through for equality tech i wanted to ask with all the projects that you've mentioned there are many and they seem to have a lot of impact how many girls in total have you come into contact with with this project I think we have come for more than over a thousand girls because even the Girls Out Loud group itself, there are about one. 1500 plus girls uh, in that group, but active are like 100. And we have taken three, four workshops already consisting of 50-50 participants mostly. And then from right. this other youth hub as well, we are selecting. So far, we don't repeat the participants. So in different programs, we are trying to integrate more of newer participants from different areas as well. So I think mm. we have reached more than 2000 girls. That's incredible. That's incredible. And that's just in one part. That's in one country. I and mean, this project is spread across several. So that's, that's an incredible impact to be having. And so for my next question, I wanted to ask, what are your main takeaways 
for other organizations based on the experience through these projects. I'd like to share some of the good takeaways as well as the challenges as well. While doing this workshop itself, we also tried to do a short like research about how the girls feel about after knowing about that the technology that they are very familiar with. They love so much like the Facebook, the Instagram. It is also biased. Now we have this new platform called TikTok where the girls make the videos and they can post. Not only girls, anyone can make the videos, but mostly the girls are very much into this TikTok trend. And while they were sharing, they said that they really want to come inside the technology, but they feel very unsafe. So because they feel that they don't know how to use the technology, they are scared that maybe someone would comment bad and then it would question their character and then from online only they might be harassed so that's why they don't want to come online even though if they can and also some of the social norms and values are binding them from coming forward to explore more in this sector of the technology and this ICT because there is a concept in our country that only the boys are for the technology and not the girls even if they want to come forward their family their society it doesn't allow them properly so that's why also uh, it is one of the challenge that we are also facing to reach the girls so that's why we have to go offline and then we have to reach them to give information about this but at the same time the uh, great thing was that so many of the girls they are so much they so much want to read like computer science during their courses and then also they want to explore about these beauty filters when we conduct these programs they feel that it's a safe space for them to explore more so while we give this program also we give them the sessions and then to sustain that in the future as well we give them like task of okay so you make one short uh, film which you mm. can send to us and then we will edit that and then keep in our social media properly so that your work would also be highlighted and she will be inspired more so in that way we are inspiring them to also come forward thank you so much Larisha. Jess would you like to add anything onto that I think the main one for us has been really learning throughout the process on how to become better enablers and supporters and not really the leaders of the work that we're implementing. And what I mean by this is that our focus in the work should be in how can we create a safe and inclusive platform for girls to come in and design their ideas, for them to learn, for them to be able to have that agency and that inspiration to go out in the world. As you've seen all the experiences that Lirisha has shared, it comes from, you know, us trying not to like contain them in one space, but really just giving them the tools to go out in the world and, and be able to, to share their own ideas with, with other girls. And the second one is that the design of an intervention is an, an ongoing learning process. You have to keep on refining and refining. And Girl-centered design is only possible when every stage is girl-centered. And I think this is something that as we go or if other organizations are implementing projects like this, you have to be constantly listening to the participants and learning what exactly they care about. Do they have fresh proposals? And just for you to constantly be improving that methodology just to make sure that they have all the space and all the inspiration and all the confidence as well to just use those tools 
and be able to to do what they care the most about. And then lastly, just, you know, getting diverse girls' voices. I think it's really, really important because only then they're going to be able to to talk and what's the most relevant for them in their own country, be able to contextualize everything. Like Lirisha was saying, the girls in Nepal wanted to translate and contextualize equality tech in Nepali. And it's been a similar case in Latin America where a lot of it was contextualized and translated into Spanish. Thank you. Thank you so much. Those were excellent points. And I think a lot of organizations can learn from your experiences. And so finally, I wanted to ask, what is next for this project and for the program? What are the main different scenarios for the next five years that you are factoring in or perhaps some developments that you envision coming up that could be helpful or detrimental to the projects? Yeah, I think different different scenarios or the different next steps that we're exploring is making quality tech more than just a methodology and a space where we raise the awareness on the issues in technology and give them the, the tools to ideate their own ideas for it to become a digital empowerment project where girls come in, you know, they have a platform where not only they learn, they get the tools, but they also have the decision to either become tech creators or innovators, but also tech advocates. Because I think a lot of them have the passion to not necessarily be just creating technology, but be able to empower and train and be able to teach other girls on everything they've learned. So we want Equality Tech to eventually become this digital empowerment project that covers all angles from the capacity building to, Mm. you know, the social norms aspect to the advocacy, the partnerships as well, where like, how can we involve and incorporate partners in a meaningful way as well, where they're integrated as mentors, as enablers to giving, you know, technical expertise to also make sure that we, make a reality a lot of the initiatives that the girls are going to be proposing throughout the way. So this is one of the biggest scenarios that we see equality tech moving forward and being Mm. able to create the methodologies inside the program that can be implemented in different country offices and plan. Country offices can take these these methodologies and be able to integrate them into their, their youth employment and entrepreneurship programs their education programs for equality tech to not be isolated or, you know, standing on its own, but actually integrated into plans programs where we will have a bigger reach where equality tech would be a component that when girls are learning about everything, they also learn about technology and it's not something additional, which right now it's, We've been working these pilots with country offices that are interested in connecting girls with technology. We want this to be a smooth process where they're integrated. And eventually for this methodology to be replicated in other organizations as well, we want anyone to be able to organize equality tech workshop, to implement these in, in their own organizations, because we feel this is something very relevant for society today. And because mm. technology influences everything we do in society these days, we feel it's very, it's very important. And a few aspects that, that we're also taking into account is evaluating the project. I feel like because for us, it's really important to be learning as we go and 
refining what we're doing, you know, being able to identify the gaps and improvement areas. This is something that we're going to be doing pretty soon just to iron the next steps and be able to really assess that how can we ensure that girls and young women have access to digital skills and how do we go from building skills to also enabling employment, you know, like being able to plan that big picture and being able to address the, the digital gender divide. I'm sure that the lessons learned will also add on to how the project will evolve in the next five years. So thank you so much for fleshing out the, the idea behind Equality Tech and joining us today on this podcast. Thank you so much for the invitation. And uh, it was really a pleasure to share more about what Equality Tech is and a few of our ideas. And really happy that we were able to talk a little more in detail of what's going on with the project. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much, Jessica. And thank you, Larisha, as well. It's wonderful to have a participant of the project to really to really show us what the impact is and to tell us firsthand how this project has changed people's lives and encouraged them to use technology. Thank you so much for inviting me. You can find links to more information and resources on both this innovative work and the Center's 2022 Civil Society Innovation and Digital Power Shift Report in the podcast description. We would like to thank the Center's innovation partner, TechSoup, for kindly supporting this report. We would also like to thank the Patrick J. McGovern Foundation and the Ford Foundation for their support in making this project happen. And thanks as always to the podcast producer, Julia Passos. We couldn't do these episodes without you.